We, as Egyptians, have one nationality, one ethnicity. Like, you're not looked at as white, black, brown. You're looked at as Egyptian, because that's what you are. Hello and welcome to Dig Deep. As we introduced in the last episode, this podcast is in partnership with Uncut on the Hill and Dig. Uncut is a student-led and athlete-driven digital journalism platform for student-athletes to share their stories. Dig is the diversity and inclusion group on campus. It was formed to allow athletes of all identities to feel welcome. With this podcast, we want to blend the two organizations and dig deep into each respective athlete's story in its truest form. We're your hosts. I'm Freeman Brew. And I'm Issa Contreras. And let's dig deep. Today, our guest Abdallah talks to us about his transition from Egypt to America and playing squash. I don't want to tell Abdallah's story for him, so without further ado, let's dig deep. Hello and welcome, Abdallah. Um, do you want to tell us about yourself, your family, and uh, growing up in Egypt? Yeah, hi. Uh, my name's Abdallah uh, Bakhit. I'm from Alexandria, Egypt, and I've lived there since I was 15 years old uh, with my brother, my mom, and my dad. And then I went to boarding school in New York when I was 15 years old, spent three years there, and then my freshman year at Denison. Was there a specific reason you went to boarding school, or you just moved away? So all my cousins uh, went to boarding school. They're from England, and they all went to school in London. I just really wanted to follow in their footsteps. I love my cousins. We're a very close family, and uh, that's always been a dream of mine since I was, like, 13. Would you talk a little bit about squash and the influence that's had on you and growing up? Yeah, so I've been playing squash since I was maybe seven years old. Um, so I've been playing for a long time, like maybe 16, 17 years. I played with my brother all the time. Um, we started out together. So um, it was usually just me and him just sitting around on court uh, since we were little. The influence it had on my life was, honestly, it was the reason why I came to the U.S. Like That was one of the main reasons that um, I went to boarding school I wanted to play college squash in in my future, and that's why um, I really started playing squash. I know we talked about this earlier. I never grew up with squash. Like, I had no idea what it was until I came to Denison. It's a big sport in Egypt, right? It is a very big, big, huge sport in Egypt. Um, Honestly, you're not the only person who's who's told me that. Like, usually, actually, most people, when I I tell them I play squash or or something like that, they're always just like... So what's like what's that? And I always have to like explain uh, the sport to them. And it's not really uh, a very common sport in the U.S. except in the, in the East Coast. But squash is huge in Egypt. It's like the second biggest sport, and it's the most successful in the top ten. There's yeah. there's like seven uh, Egyptians in the world. So it's it's got a very very huge influence on, on Egyptians. Like, so that's like the sport you grew up with. That's the sport I grew up that's with. That's like American like, soccer almost or something. Y- yes, yes, okay. exactly, exactly. How was that transition coming to America from Egypt? It was pretty hard uh, at first. I've never been to the US, you know, I never traveled by myself. This was my first really experience traveling alone. I was 15. That's pretty young. Uh, my dad came and dropped me off, he stayed a week with me in boarding school and then left. That first week was pretty hard. I was like five foot four, um, <laughs> <laughs> just like coming in from Egypt, kid from Egypt, you know, it was like, 
most of these kids have never met anyone from Egypt. So I'm, I'm like the first person like they interact with that like huge population, you know. At the same time, it was very exciting, but it was also pretty scary. That's so wild too. Like, I mean, you're talking about you were 15. Yeah. And I don't know about you for me, but like when I first came to school and like being without my parents, I was 18 years old. I think I cried every day. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it, it I was, just can't imagine being 15 years old. Yeah. The first week was definitely the hardest. I feel like as soon as like uh, I started playing squash and started playing soccer and meeting new people, that really helped. I did feel like a little homesick for sure yeah. the first year um, until my brother joined me uh, the year after. He just followed me from there. How far apart in age are y'all? He's exactly a year okay. uh, younger. Coming to the U.S., did you have any culture shocks? Yeah, like as I said, like I've never been to the U.S. Like the first thing I saw was was JFK, you know, and that's not really a great, <laughs> great <laughs> first thing to see, you know. Um, got pulled into an office with my dad the first time, like coming here, and stayed there for like three hours. I don't, I don't even know why. Couldn't even tell you. I was that young, you know. The culture shock was really that. I didn't see anyone that looked like me, you know. It was a it was very very different than than Egypt for sure. After moving from Egypt to boarding school in America, what was squash like and what was that transition like? Squash in the US is very different from Egypt. Like in Egypt it's basically just a lot of people, a lot of coaches and like everyone knows each other. Like wherever you're from, if you're from Alexandria, Cairo, Poor Saeed, like, whatever. Like, a very tight-knit community. When I first came here, like, I didn't really... Uh, obviously, I didn't know. I didn't have family here. Like, I didn't have uh, coaches here. Like, I didn't really have any connections in the U.S. before I came here. The squash team at Trinity Pauling was honestly the best thing, like, ever. Because it was something that I had in common with these people. They were my closest uh friend group. Was there sure. anybody that looked like you on that squash team before your brother moved there? Uh, no. They're just all white. It's like a, it's like a very rich white man sport, if I, if I if you can put it that way. <laughs> like, How did you yeah. navigate those yeah. waters? Honestly, like, with, with the people, like, with, with my friends, like, uh, yeah, they were, they were white, but, I mean, they were my friends, you know? Um, the one, they were always there for me, and that's why we were, we were very close. What's the diversity like on the squash team here at Denison? That was a great thing when I came at Denison. Came to Denison, I would say like seventy five percent of the the squash team now is like non white people. You know, it's a very diverse group of individuals, and I love that. Like it was, it was very different. I think it's the most diverse sport we have. Yeah, no, it was. It's up there for sure. Yeah, but yeah, and uh, we've got kids from all over the world. We've got kids from Brazil. We've got kids from Trinidad and Tobago. India, Egypt, obviously. In Egypt, you said everyone is basically like one, one person, one being, and everyone is somewhat the same. So in America, we do have a lot of problems with racism and things of that nature. Like, why do you think that is, and what do you see the difference? It really has, like, all the, to do with the, like, the systemic racism in the U.S. Like, Egypt was a country 7,000 years ago, you know? I, I think that really... Like, we, as Egyptians, have one nationality, one ethnicity. Like, you're not looked at as white, black, brown. You're 
looked at as Egyptian because that's what you are. And in the U.S., I don't know what the reason is other than just you just look different, but I don't know. What what do you guys think? It's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a loaded question, but, like, there's not a lot of compassion, and a lot of times when we see somebody who doesn't look like us, our first response isn't to want to know more. Instead, our first response is to see their quote-unquote like problems or like their differences and not embracing them, but rather seeing them as like a reason we shouldn't be together. Like I remember I talked to you and you said like, how can you dislike someone for being different? Like we're all different. So like what does skin color have to do with anything? But in America, we just make those small differences of class of, of skin color, like so prominent and in, in, instead of seeing past that, I think the compassion part is a big aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I also just like, I think it's all goes all goes back to like where you were raised and how you were raised, because in a sense I kind of feel you. I came up from a community or a city where everybody is Mexican, no matter what. Like you probably look white, whatever. You're still Mexican. Like your last name is like still Gomez or something like that. Mm-hmm. Also, my high school was all Hispanic, and so you never really found racism anywhere because like basically you'd be making fun of your own self. Yeah. And then coming here, it was just such a different experience because you felt a little bit of racism but also like you didn't know how to go about it mm-hmm. you know if I'm, you know what I mean that's exactly how I felt like uh, coming in here the the only thing that I thought helped was it's definitely not anger because that really doesn't like solve anything it won't make you feel any better if you just lash out at someone you know um I think the best thing that you have to do is just under understand where that's coming from. If someone says anything racist about me or like puts me in a stereotype, I'm just like, all right, word like doesn't really matter. Like yeah. whoever you see me as has got nothing to do with me really. Like that's all about you. Like that's your problem and <laughs> not really mine at all. So when your brother came to the U.S., did you ever have to explain to him, like, yeah, this is a thing, like, racism's a thing? I, I didn't really have to explain it. He just knew okay. because that's how I'd act. So um, me and my brother are very, are very close, and he definitely understands, like, me when I, when I talk or say something. But I get what you mean about, like, it's not like a secret language you have with your sibling, but you guys can understand each other and like exactly. off of their experiences, even if you weren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a head nod in a in a in a look, yeah. and yeah. you know what it is. Oh exactly. God, yeah. yeah. Exactly. How have you been able to find and embrace your identity, being a little bit different than the average American? I mean, I'm 100% Egyptian. Everything I do still is a part of my growing up, a part of my uh, character. Coming to the U.S., that obviously changed. My uh, character, the way I look at things has changed. Um, I had to live on my own. And I had to learn, like, a lot of stuff pretty quickly. In order to do that, you you have to adapt. You have to adapt to the situation around you. And you have to be like, okay, like, my parents are coming. I need to fix myself something to eat. Like, I need to do laundry. Um, All that stuff that I need to make my bed, like... All that stuff I didn't really do when I was when I was younger back home, and then I really had to do it pretty quickly. Um, 
think I would have starved. <laughs> yeah, yeah honestly, like uh, the first week for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to boarding school and stuff, um, you know, earlier when we talked, we talked a lot about stereotypes. What are some that you faced, like especially that first year? I've I've actually faced a lot of stereotypes. Uh, knowing that I was the first person that most people meet that who is from Egypt, they ask you some crazy questions. For example, I've I've had people ask me if I lived in a pyramid, or if if we had roads in Egypt. You know, if we had cars, like is it just sand, or do you have cities or stuff like that? You know. I, I, most of, most of the time, like, it's 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 coming from a place of, like, ignorance, because no one really knows about Egypt other than oh, here's the pyramids, you know, it's in every history textbook, you know. Mm-hmm. Those stereotypes, I look at them and I I just think yo, like that's that's, that's pretty funny. I don't appreciate them, but I can understand why they're there. That is that is a problem, of course, but at the same time, you just have to accept it. Would you say that that's bad? People asking those questions because it is ignorance, but it is people also wanting to know. So, like, it's them trying. Is it them trying to educate themselves? I don't know. Is is that a bad well, thing? Well, I think, I think it definitely depends on the person. Yeah. If it's really like someone you know, then I'd be like, you'd be happy to answer those questions, you yeah. know. But usually, it's someone you don't know. Yeah. Uh, like asking you those questions and it's really a matter of like whoa like like are you saying this as as a friend or are you just like attacking attacking me yeah. you know yeah. and I think that's something that unfortunately people of color have understood and know when it's it's ha- you know when it's coming from a place of hate or if it's coming from a place of like you actually want to know about that that person you know so how are you able to manage some of the stressors both of college and just of life and using spicing squash as an outlet as i said squash helped me a lot with uh meeting new people and like meeting friends and when usually if i am mad about something or i'm not happy with my day i'd go down to the squash court and just just smack the ball, you know, it's hit it as hard as I can. That's that's a way I I use um, to de-stress myself. But also the squash team, the squash community itself as a whole, I love them. I, like, I love these guys. These guys are the closest people uh, to me, like, all the time, uh, the girls' team and the guys' team. And I just want to give a big shout-out to these guys. Uh, I know it might be a little fresh and a little raw, but... I can't help but notice the boot on your foot <laughs> and know that you weren't able to play in some of your last games or matches as yeah. so, a squash player. How was that and what did, what was that experience? Uh, yeah, so three weeks ago I tore my Achilles um, in Washington, D.C. playing Georgetown. Um, it was actually the last match of the season and we were go- heading to Nationals the week after. Unfortunately, I could not be there. You know, everything happens for a reason. Maybe I was never meant to go. I've accepted that. As soon as it happened, I felt my leg, and I just understood right away, like, that's it. Like, that's that's the way I'm going to leave the squash court. 
Do you feel like you left the squash team better than how you came in? The squash team um, is a commitment. It's it's definitely taught me a lot about like tardiness and a, and, a, and a lot about sportsmanship and all that stuff that I will be using in the future, of course. Um, a way to be respectful on court even when you're losing. And I feel like that's like one of the main things that I love about squash. It's a very respectable sport. So I definitely came out of the squash court definitely a better man, for sure. I think a lot of people forget, too. Squash is Division One. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. Squash is, uh, is Division One. Um, we're 31st in the, in the country. Um, when I first came to, to Denison, we were, like, 50s. Um, that was my freshman year. And officially, we just turned varsity this year, and this was our first ever varsity nationals um, as a squash team at Denison. So it was a very huge accomplish- accomplishment, and I was, uh, I'm extremely happy to be a part of the team that, that changed, changed the, the, the whole program. It was a great four years. <laughs> closing out, we like to lighten it up with some more lighthearted questions. Yeah. So one word or one phrase answers usually. So first off, what is your favorite American dish? A steak. Then what is your favorite Egyptian dish? Oh, that one's hard. Oh, my God. Um, a leg of lamb. Who is your athlete resemblance? Who is the embodiment of Abdullah Bakit? I would say this guy, he's n- number one. He's, he's, uh, he's called Muhammad Ishirbagi. Um, and I've played with him, actually. Um, I love that guy like I think he's the person who embodies uh the best Egyptian squash player and what is your favorite American movie or tv show I'm very very into South Park I love South Park and honestly that's that's where like you you really get a lot of the stereotypes from like I'm not gonna (laughs) lie uh but it's, it's pretty funny well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank oh, you, thank you so much for inviting me. This was, this was awesome. A special thank you to Abdallah for joining us today and for sharing your story. Something we can take away from Abdallah is his attitude and his mindset to embrace his identity. We want to give a special thanks to our producer and editor, Gigi George, and our uncut team, Kate Hinshaw, Sunny Fireman, Sophie Tye, Dulcie Hayes, Abigail Hanno, Drew Dawkins, Will Hunter, Jack Niemenshine, and On Ortiz. Once again, we're your hosts. I'm Issa. And I'm Freeman. We hope this podcast inspired you. And always remember to dig deep. deep.